Spirit of 2016 podcast, it's four wins from four, uh, Northern Ireland have made history tonight, first time they've ever won four matches on, on the bounce at the start of a qualification campaign, I'm absolutely buzzing, I'm Andy Bell, probably should have said that, I'm here with Luke Niblock, Luke, how good was that? Uh, it was amazing, you, we were obviously watching the game together there, we've just actually watched it, and I mean the limbs at the end there, I, f- I had a feeling we were going to do it late again, and I'm just really glad that our predictions actually paid off, and we've got the the next six points on the board, you know. Absolutely, you've had a good week in the preview show. You called the, uh, I think you called two one. Oh no, you called two 0 Estonia, two 0 in the Estonia match. But you called the late goal here again. Yeah, I we, we talked about it in the in the preview. The fact that Belarus had had been to, or had, sorry had hosted Germany, and the fact that they would be physically and mentally absolutely knackered from that game. And we were talking there, and you know, it's it's, it's impossible in football to to predict because it's so much of football is about moments, and it can just be you miss that chance instead of scoring it, and it's a draw instead of a win. I think sometimes you can overanalyze it, but I mean, I I, I thought like I thought that we we I thought that was our best performance of, of all the four matches of all the four qualifying matches so far. What did you think? I think it's yeah. I think it'd be unfair to say that we kind of got our got ourselves lucky there. I think it was a really good performance. Um, I mean, maybe like just that cutting edge in front of goal, but that's no surprise. I think our build-up play generally was pretty good. We held the ball again. I think it was pretty even in terms of possession, but there was no point in that game where I was thinking, you know, I'm, oh, I'm really worried about this, apart from when we went 1-0 up and we were defending in the last few minutes. But I think we were comfortable in that game. We showed good signs. There was a good sign in the midfield with the passing and things like that, but... I'm just really glad we're over the line, man. I don't, I don't even care about the result at this point. I don't Mate, care absolutely about absolutely spot on. There, yeah. and there were absolutely limbs in this bedroom yeah. as well when we were <laughs> when the uh, when that McNair goal went in. It's, it's yeah. twelve points now. We said we had to get twelve points. Four wins from four was an absolute must. We've talked about that to death on the podcast. We're now nine points ahead of Holland. Now Holland have two matches in hand, and um, so let's let's just bring a bit of context to the group for a wee minute. <clears throat> Before we start to talk about, um, uh, before we start to talk about the the matches themselves yeah. and bring some context to that, so okay, so we're we're twelve points now. Uh, Germany have got the win over Holland. It's going to be quite tough to catch Germany. What we'd need to do is, um, assuming they get the, the you know the two wins, we're going to have to beat Holland twice and then beat Germany. So I would say we have to now focus on Holland. Uh, really, sort of w- watch that game, the Germany Holland match, which is the next one. Really, with our our Germany scarves and hats on because yeah. Um, because we we really need Holland to be dropping as many points as possible. So let's hope let's say Holland do win all their matches against Estonia and Belarus. So they'll be in twelve points again. Now let's say we lose both to Germany, which I think is is, is a, a fair assumption. You know, it's it's, yep. it's definitely what's likely going to happen. I'd say there's now a good chance as well that Holland lose their next match to Germany as well because mm-hmm. it's in Germany. Now that leaves us two matches left, level in points with Holland, basically. Because it's head to head, having to win a two leg tie against Holland. Now, yeah. if I offered you that at the start of this group when that <laughs> draw was made, you would have bitten more I than my hand off. I think. Yeah, no, I think so, and I think that's a kind of testament to how the groups played out in terms of fixtures. We touched on it in the last podcast. Um, the way the kind of fixtures have dropped for us has been an absolute blessing. And if it was to come down to that that two leg playoff, I mean, not only would that be incredible to watch, yeah, but I mean, there's a genuine chance we could do something. It's, it's really all about wins in that scenario, but. You never know. Who knows what happens? I mean, I would assume that Holland would beat both Estonia and Belarus, but we're hoping maybe one of them somehow mm-hmm. does us a favour. I mean, I mean, you, you look at Belarus. I mean, tonight, and we, we saw Windsor, and we, and we said before the match, you know, that they're, they're a better side than Estonia. They've given us a, a really tough game twice. Uh, we've played well twice to sort of get past those yeah, two tricky line. matches, get get over those hurdles. Yeah. Belarus also gave Germany a game, and we, that was only 2-0, and I, I had a look at the highlights, and you know, Germany did seem to deserve their win, but yeah. there were a couple of chances for them there, and I'd say, uh, contrary to Estonia, they they do offer something on the break, and you, like, you never know if Holland have to go there 
and and they have to, you know they have to win those four, uh, four matches. Oh, sorry, they've already played Belarus at home. That win yeah. the next three matches, you know, they could find themselves going to Belarus under a lot of pressure. They could, and, do. you know, e- even if they win that, then they know they still have to come to Belfast. And I, I'm just really excited now because I know it's exciting. It, it, it's it? just, it's I, I'm, I'm just, I'm. It sounds cringy, but I'm just so proud of this team. I mean, yeah. they just don't know when they're beaten. I mean, I, I think when we first previewed like our first ever podcast together, obviously we talked about the whole idea of twelve points. As soon as this group was 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 drawn and the fixtures were there, we said twelve points from the first games, and we can get excited. And we've done that now. You know, in, pre- in previous, we might have we might have bottled one of these games, dropped points somewhere, drew maybe away to you know tonight in Belarus. Yes. But we've got the twelve points, and I think we've got reason to be excited. Like when we when we were drawn in this group, no one gave us a chance. But now we've done the twelve points. You, it's just you can get excited now and actually think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we'll be doing preview podcasts for these for these uh, next four games, which come up, and the the friendlies as well that come with them. Yeah. But just the way the fixtures have fallen, I mean, as if it, this, as as you said in the last podcast, as if the stars hadn't aligned enough. Yeah. We now. Uh, well, first of all, Holland play Germany. I think it's on the Friday night in uh, when is it? October? No, September. Yeah, September time. Yeah, it's September. There's October and November as yeah. well. So let's let's say Germany win that. Then we play Germany at Windsor Park three days later. That's a complete free that, hit for us. That is. That That's is a complete free hit. Free hit. And I don't yeah. want to like talk about it in too much detail because we're doing a big podcast on yeah. it. But so we play Germany. You know, they're not they're not the same team. I don't think they're still. Don't get me wrong. An absolutely brilliant side. Yeah, superb players. I mean, all twenty three players in their squad would probably uh, the, be the best player in our yeah. in our team yeah. and, and that's the that's a sad reality that's of it but honesty, yeah. you know, football doesn't sometimes work like that and if, if we if they come to Windsor and they don't get the early goal I mean we can really get the crowd behind us there I mean you remember last time when, when Germany came and we were playing really well and they just they just scored after oh, it was like one and a half minutes it was that guy yeah. Sebastian Rudy just banged one from 30 Rudy yards scoring, and yeah. nothing you can do about that but if we like set up right maybe they don't get that Luck, goal, well, it's yeah. not luck, sorry. It was sheer yeah, quality. Don't yeah. get me wrong, it's doing them a disservice. But the early but goal, avoiding the early goal. Yeah, I mean, and you know, that, that could be exciting. Now, if we can nick a point there, that sets us up in such good stead for Holland. We might just need to get the, uh, you know, either the either the two draws yeah. or, you know, a one, just get a win somewhere. Yeah. Our first match away to uh, is away to Holland as well. So, yeah. you know, we go over there and you know, even if we lose that 1-0 or 2-1 Still or get a goal, for. yeah, get, get a, it is literally like getting an away goal. Yeah, you have to talk about this as like a... As a two-legged tie, because yeah. you know, if we if we go over there and one nil is not a bad result for us, and mm. they might panic, you know, yeah. and if if we get any sort of a like a decent result, keep it to one goal, and they come back to Windsor Park, I, I wouldn't fancy being them because you know they, they they're one of the favourites for this this next tournament. And suddenly, if their backs are against the wall and at Windsor, you know, and you know they, they've probably seen the script and they've thought, oh yeah, Germany and Holland straight away we'll get yeah. there. But can you imagine, you know, this is one of their this is their best team in years, and they're one bottle job away from yeah. basically not qualifying no, again from a major tournament. And let's not forget it's a young side as well at yeah. Windsor. And I know I know that sounds quite funny, but like the atmosphere can genuinely get so electric in there that who knows what's going through a young player's mind. They've obviously played in a lot of huge games already for Ajax, the likes of Delict and, and De Jong, you know. Mm. But if they come here, backs against the wall, it is just almost like a playoff tie, like you said. It's like a playoff. Mm-hmm. And it, that can play into our, fa- into our hands the way this group has done already for us, you know? And so, something interesting about that one, and that this is the last I want to talk about it because you know, we've already done eight minutes in this, but yeah. you, have to, you have to sort of be given like the, the excitement of the context, I think. With with Holland, I feel like their quality their quality is obviously very much at the back. It's that Delict and Van Dijk centre-half partnership. And you know that's going to be so difficult to break down. And but I mean the pressure's completely off. Whoever plays up front, that I can just basically go out there 
with a bit of excitement, you know, just see what you can get, you know, absolutely yeah. no pressure, just feed off scraps. Up front, I mean, they, I mean, they have, uh, Depay's obviously gone, re- resurrected his career back yeah, in France, yeah, yeah. but it's not like, you know, you look in the past where we've defended really well, yeah. and the likes of, you know, was it uh, Poland, it was Lewandowski got the yeah. goal, uh, Wales, Gareth Bale put the ball yeah, in. These are, um, who was it? Ronaldo. I mean, these are, Ronaldo. These are world class. Like, yeah. These are the best yeah. forwards in the world. You know, you've got people like Ryan Babel. Yeah. You've got people like Bergwin, who's yes. had a good season at PSV Eindhoven, but it's not the same kind of aura as, as a Ronaldo or a Lewandowski. No, so, absolutely. I mean, you can't frustrate those players. Yeah. And that ultimately, they're not like these really consistent ballers. And I mean, there's a chance so, Memphis Depay doesn't purchase the moment the magic. Yeah, you know, know, it's not like he's doing this every game. He's exactly. playing in a, in a, in a questionably, yeah. a, a league of questionable quality, yeah. you know. So, uh, well, I mean, I'm just really excited for that. But anyway, I'm yeah. going to bring some uh, context to this. We're going we're gonna to talk about Estonia first. Uh, first thing I have written down here, and because we basically talked about it at length on the preview podcast, was the selection too conservative? So, I think we said you said you would uh, you would play McGinnis Smith and Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dallas right back. McGinnis right Smith back. and Jones. Yeah. Um, I said I play White. Uh, who does Smith? Smith White, White Smith and Jones have yeah, that, yeah. and and have Dallas at right back as well. Yeah. So our the team we wanted to see was quite uh, was quite attacking, was quite yeah, forward yeah. thinking. So we play Smith at right back, which is isn't a player we, we we've seen an awful lot of. I mean, you know. You've, you sort of think, and it's probably unfair on him, but you, you sort of think, you know, 30 years old, only has a couple know. of caps, you know, why, if he was this good, why hasn't he broken in earlier? Why haven't we got excited about him? I think he's done really well in these two games, yeah. but just in terms of a purely selection perspective, he's clearly gone for the more defensive right back there. Yeah. Up front, we've gone Liam Boyce, you know, the classic one big striker up front yeah. um, that holds the ball up, doesn't really offer you much in behind. Uh, uh, we've played White, fair play, you know, he, he gave White his chance, and well, to be fair, White didn't really take it, um, and on, on the left we played Dallas as well, so, you know, it, it was quite a conservative selection, and I, I think first half, you know, I, I've the, <laughs> the word I've written down here on my agenda for the first half, and I'm not going to use in this podcast because my mum's listening, basically, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't good, was it? It wasn't good. I mean, we were watching that game in Amsterdam, um, funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, and we were just watching our first half thinking, what was going on here? Is this, like, what, what, we were questioning the selection a little bit, particularly with Boyce. And I just want to say with Boyce, you know, for me, I'm not really sure what he offers. I'm not attacking the guy. It's just, I don't think he's got a great first touch. I don't think he can hold the ball that particularly well. I don't think he's quick. He's, he doesn't win too much in the air. For me, that was a bit of an odd selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, hinted at by our, our selections that we would have made for that game. So to see Boyce was a bit surprising. To see Smith, I mean, I wasn't 200% sure on Smith. Mm-hmm. But like you, like you said, I think he's convinced me over these two games. Yeah. I just thought, you should, know... We should... Sorry, that's my fault. We should clarify yeah. Michael Smith. Michael Paul Smith. Smith. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I've just yeah. said, oh, Smith didn't play. And then yes. Smith. So Michael Smith, yeah, we're talking yeah. about Michael Smith. Yeah. He has convinced me, to be fair, over the two games. And I think Michael has done that as a classic tactical manager. He's away from home. He doesn't want to let any little chances slip against these sides. And I think it probably is just a, a defensive-minded mm-hmm. idea from from Michael you know so I think it's, it's actually paid off in fairness if you actually think about it we've got the, we've got the six points so you can't really question I, I, Michael Smith has actually convinced me quite mm-hmm. well in those two games yeah no fair enough I mean just just on Boyce I mean yeah he, did, he didn't offer anything and we, we were a bit annoyed to see him in the in the starting lineup but at the same time for me if it was if it was Lafferty up front on his own I think we'd have seen the same performance well, if yeah. it was McGuinness up front on his own I think we'd have seen the same performance similar, I don't think yeah. I don't think Boyce was helped by First of all, the fact he was up front on his own. Second of all, there wasn't, I mean, there was Whitehouse pace and, and Dallas, but there wasn't an awful lot of, like, dynamism. No. You know, the, the fact that McGuinness and Lafferty have got to play with, like, Jordan Jones and stuff like that. I mean, North, some Northern Ireland fans, you know, have never liked Liam Boyce, and it's not always to do with football. There are other factors which we'll, we'll not get into. That's nothing to do with that for us. Yeah. It's, for me, it was just, 
if we're playing one up front, I think it has to be Washington or, or Paul Smith. Yeah. Because I think, you know, in, especially in games like that where we're the better team, and you have to just be going at them and trying to get in behind. And the sort of tactic of big striker, hold the ball up, pop it off, is a bit like we're playing like we're playing against Germany yeah. or we're playing against Holland rather yeah. than Estonia who were, we were miles better than yeah, it. Even, be even when they were 1-0 up and they should have been maybe arguably got a second or a third they still didn't look like a good team to me and I mean that guy Vasiliev has a bit of quality you saw it with a free kick but they weren't a good side and no. I just I just thought like I think we really got away with one against Estonia I was really annoyed by that first half. You were sitting beside me, and you were trying to. Yeah. You know, we we're all we we're trying to calm each other down. I'm ahead of my hands, yeah. I yeah. What I was I mean, first half, I mean, you know, I just do think, and this is like maybe and like a sort of negative point to make, and I will, I'll get it out of the way because obviously we've got you've know, got the two wins. I don't want to bring it right throughout the podcast, yeah. but I do think if we keep getting these team selections wrong. If he's got it wrong, he might, he might say, you know, I played boys up front, tired them out, and then I brought on the fitter and quicker players. You know, fair enough, but I think he just got it wrong yeah I think if he keeps getting this wrong in these away games we're, we're gonna eventually pay for it I think there's a bad away result coming and I think well we'll come on to talk about it but you know tonight it was well it was we still played Smith at right back but it was a lot more attacking it was a lot quicker and it was we, we got the deserved result whereas in Estonia I think we got a bit lucky yeah yeah I would say so okay definitely. the goal um so the, the, the Estonia goal um I think as we said, you know, against teams like this, they don't offer a ton going forward, so they are relying on like a, a bit of quality from a set piece or uh, like a lucky goal or a scrap. Yeah. So they, they've they got a free kick that's about 25, 30 yeah, yards out, would you say? Yeah, steps up, you know, he's their set piece guy, you uh-huh. know, he can make something happen. It's hard, it's hard to know who to blame because he, he does get a lot of curl on that, but does, at the same time, yeah. it's not Roberto Carlos, is it? You know, I think it's a poorly set up wall and... I think Peacock Farrell yeah, has to take the blame for I that, think, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think it definitely comes under the wall for me. Like, Peacock Farrell ultimately doesn't really give himself the chance to even save it, the way he set up the wall. I think it, it, I mean, it's one of those things that happens. Like, I've seen De Gea do that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it happens. And I think it was just a case of, it was just summed up the first half for us. I'm not just looking at Peacock Farrell. It was just a pretty, pretty awful performance all around in that first yeah. half. And that just kind of summed it up, didn't it? And I just had a feeling as soon as this guy steps up, he's been the scourge before. Yeah. Vasiliev yeah, beat us at Windsor. Yeah, beat us at Windsor, you know. And so for me, it was just one of those things that happens, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm not even, like, that worried. I'd, I'd, I'd be much more worried if, if Peacock Farrell was conceding goals because he's, like, too small or yeah. because his general technique or his saving technique or his kicking technique isn't good enough. I mean, setting up your walls something that he's going to learn from that. And yeah. He's never going to make that mistake again. Yeah. So it's not something that really worries me. And I know people might think we defend Peacock Farrell a lot in this podcast because, we, anyway, we do like him. And yeah. there are a lot of fans who aren't convinced. But for me, that's not, like, overly worrying. He's just to make sure he gets that right in the future yeah. what do you reckon yeah no I, th- I think so I think it was just a wall thing and I think it's something that happens like yeah. I said yeah I wouldn't worry about it too much and thank- thankfully for him I mean he always judged me on a couple yeah. of points doesn't he, he because exactly, yeah. um, because well let's talk about the changes because that's essentially what that is what changed the game yeah. you know we uh, so half time he does boys for Washington I mean credit to him for doing that at half time you know because a lot of managers you wait the 60 minutes just yep. for the sake of it just because it, that's what you do rather than yeah. because because in those but those 15 minutes were important yeah. I mean straight from the start of the first half or from the start of the second half sorry we looked a lot more attacking with Washington with somebody up front who well act, who can hold the ball up quite well yeah like, people don't can. give him really Chris credit size, for that because yeah, people yeah. just think he's a small guy and yep. you know if you're playing Lafferty there the ball stick if you're playing Washington there it will not but I thought he did quite well and he, he gave us something in behind and you know he had a couple of chances he he well, he d- technically doesn't get the goal, does he? Yeah. But it's 
Uh, what, what did you think of like of Washington when he came on? And also, I suppose, let's talk about the McGinnis and Jones impact, especially Jones. Because yeah, I think we looked at each other as soon as we saw Boyce coming off and Washington on. Like, we just thought, okay, this is, a, this is a nice, positive change. Let's get some energy into this team now because that's what, exactly what we needed. That's a nice way of putting it. I yeah. celebrated it. Yeah, you were, celebra- <laughs> you were literally celebrating. Yeah. I mean, I think it was very much needed. That first half was just so, so devoid of anything positive that we just had to make a freshen up. And that's what we did with with um with with Washington coming in. And I think I think for me the big thing was 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 Jordan Jones. I mean he he came on and his first his first thing that he was straight to doing was just beating the fullback and he just gave this fullback a torrid time. And that's what I, we love about Jordan Jones so much. This guy is so he's just he just goes straight into every challenge. He's happy to just run in and dribble with the ball, get to the byline, put the ball in left or right foot. And we saw Jordan Jones do that as soon as he came on. And that was probably the key change. And you saw the goal. You saw a goal come from Jordan Jones, and he was just constantly threatening the entire second half. Yeah, I mean, we've we've sort of had a bit of a go at this team selection, the initial team selection. I thought it was poor, but I thought the three changes and the timing of them yeah. were absolutely perfect. Yeah, I mean, you see all three of the changes. You, this is how you judge like an in-game tactical manager with game management. All three of the changes had an impact. Yeah, Washington came on. And he, he he maybe pushed them back a few yards. Mm-hmm. It meant they couldn't sort of push up. The defense couldn't push up as as yep. much. Gave us the midfield a bit more space yep. and offered a bit more energy and dynamism. McGinnis comes on and quite simply gets the two goals. He's your goal scorer there. And then Jordan Jones comes on and just I was I was talking to a guy just coming home from the airport today. Um, Jordan Jones. When was the last time we actually had a player that ran directly at the fullback and took them on? I, I mean, I is, it, is it is like him. you've got like I suppose you've got like Gillespie and McCourt, but none yeah. of them had like well the pace. Yeah, I mean, I mean the pace certainly. Yeah. You know, McCourt didn't have the pace Jordan no, Jones no, has, no. and that's, that guy. I mean, obviously he, he isn't born in Northern Ireland. We sort of like signed him to an extent, yeah. you know. But that like that's that, that literally has been like a new signing for our squad. It's been it, you know he's he's just off. He's just been such a breath of fresh air to this it, whole thing. We've been saying it on all the podcasts so far. The the whole Jordan Jones Jamal Lewis thing. Like you just get so much like frenetic energy. It's like they're constantly moving on that left hand side, and it is the most refreshing thing as fans to see that. And you can see how much of a difference it makes. Obviously, we we'd like to be starting Jones from the start. You know, of, of course. Yeah. But. Bringing him on as well. I mean, in that game, it just shows you how effective he can be as a sub as well. This guy he needs to be playing for us constantly because he just gives us so much of a threat out there, you know. And, so, and one thing I would like to mention about the changes, obviously we, we did make the like-for-like like changes, but we also, uh, was it, I think it was Jones came on, or McGuinness came on for Michael Smith. Yes. And we pushed Dallas back to right yes. back. Now, if you're, a, if just imagine for a second you're an opposition manager and you're looking at Northern Ireland, you're thinking... Uh, what side do we target here or what side do we need to be careful on? You're looking at Jamal Lewis and Jordan Jones, yeah. especially if you've watched those first two games at Windsor. Yeah, all the signs were there. And you're thinking, we need to cut that off. And yeah. then if you look at the other side and you've got you know Gavin White, who's young and experienced, doesn't have, he doesn't have any Northern Ireland goals, and Michael Smith, who's sort of a more defensive fullback, you're sort of thinking maybe, let's allow the ball to go out right yeah. and make sure nothing gets down the left-hand side. I mean, Jones and Lewis in the first half, even when they were put a lot of pressure on, I thought still did really well. They're two yep. technically brilliant players, I think. But moving Dallas out to out to the right just gave us something extra. It was something more for them to think about. Yeah, and we talked about it that we would have done it. And do you think it was there was a mistake not playing him there from, or do you think it was right to get the sort of defensive solidity right first half and then bring him on and really go for it? Well, I think generally speaking, like these these weaker teams, so to speak, they they do prioritize things like that. So when you have such a a left heavy side the way we did like they will ov- obviously prioritize that they don't have the quality to, to balance on both sides yeah. and so as soon as we give them a second you know side to worry about you see the difference even in like center halves coming out 
the, the midfield, the press, and they're getting tired. These things happen when you actually give them to, to more things to worry about. Yeah. And that, that was a great change. Personally, as, as we predicted, I would have played Dallas from right back from the start. We've already talked about that before. But the fact that he had the, the you know, the, the kind of mind power to actually change that. Mike, I thought it was great for Michael, to be fair, and made up for a really disastrous first half. Some yeah. of the changes he made, really good changes. Right. Okay. Uh, let's go on to talk about the uh, the Northern Ireland goals then. Uh, so Washington comes on. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, Jamal Lewis plays the ball into him. Yeah. Takes a touch, um, beats a couple of defenders, hits a shot. Uh, it goes in off McGuinness. It is McGuinness's goal, but... That was just like the moment of magic we needed for Washington. I mean, I just it's just some of these great moments in football where you're just desperate for something. <laughs> I remember, uh, I just I think it was you who screamed it in the bar. Yeah. Um, I, I just see cut inside and beat another one. I yeah. just heard you shout, "Please, yeah, just go in, <laughs> just get the ball in." I, I was so relieved when that happened. And yeah. for I played to Washington for having the the intuitiveness to actually go in and take that touch and just hit it. Yeah. Like we've talked, we'll, we'll be talking about it in the Belarus game as well. We were just begging for that, and Paddy scored a similar goal mm-hmm. just there. Yeah. I mean, it was a very similar situation. You just just begging for players to hit it sometimes. That's really a great are. finish, and credit to him for coming on because he's done what well, he did 45 minutes and then did what about, uh, about 65 70 tonight, yeah, did he? Or maybe like, slightly more. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy hasn't kicked the ball all season for yeah, Sheffield United, play, and he, you know, I know it's people will say, right, given your all should be a minimum requirement, but yeah. if, you, if you don't have it in your legs, there's nothing you can do. I you know, are human, ultimately. and that guy ran about both games, he did. created stuff for himself, made the chances, put them under a lot of pressure. I mean, he can, he certainly deserves a pat on the back tonight, yeah. at least, because. I mean, that, I, th- I thought he was absolutely, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was excellent given yeah. the circumstances. That's something that Connor Washington has always given us. He's always given us absolutely everything on the pitch. Like, he'll come off knackered, and that's a sign. I mean, that's a great sign. He constantly runs. He holds the ball up arguably better than any other any of our other forwards, despite his height. And so, fair play to Connor. I think there's definitely a place for him in the squad in the next few games as well. Mm-hmm. He'll do oh, absolutely. He'll certainly re- in the squad. He'll have a great impact yeah. in these next few games. He could be really important against the likes of the Netherlands. He yeah. really could. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe even off the bench. I mean, maybe against the Netherlands, you'd want to play a sort of yeah. a bigger striker, and that would be more acceptable because yeah. we are, like, to such an extent, the underdogs yeah. in those games. Uh, the other thing to mention, just I should have mentioned it in the Washington work right there. I mean, he's playing Eastern Europe in the summer. <laughs> it was oh, something like 30 degrees in Estonia. Roasting, I mean, yeah. the fans were even saying they were knackered after 20 minutes of bouncing totally, yeah, So yeah. that guy having not kicked the ball all season, barely, and I don't know if he's, well, he hasn't been injured, but, you know, match fitness is so much different from the fitness you acquire in training. Yeah. So for him to do, like, for him to do, what, 110 minutes or so over the uh, over those two games in that climate was just incredible. And the, uh, the second goal, Obviously, Jordan Jones, uh, what we said we needed, just running the fullback, taking him on. Good delivery. I mean, that's something that we... And maybe if there's one slight criticism that you could say about Jordan Jones, it's that the delivery isn't always pinpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's criticism you get with a lot of wingers. And a lot of like football fans will say, uh, oh, there's no end product there. Yeah. But that's because the end product's really hard. You know, finding mm-hmm. that killer pass or... Yep. You know, that, that's the hardest thing to do in football. Is ever, yeah. Anyone could knock it about the midfield, you know, but finding a man in the box or cross where there's a, a packed penalty area... And he picked out McGuinness, and to be fair to McGuinness, so we we've we've uh, we said in the past, you know, what he gives you is physicality, it's strength, it's it's pace, and um and, and a presence up there. But sometimes we said, you know, he can blunder the odd chance. He takes that really well. He does. I think the thing with Jordan Jones is, you might say his delivery might not always be pinpoint, but the one thing I'll say about Jordan Jones is that. He does it on both feet. Like he will, he will cross on both feet. Spot on. You saw him go to the byline. Use it on his left. Like it's so important to have two-footed players like that. Mm -hmm. Even if a couple of crosses are blundered, right, and they go wide, go out for goal kick, whatever. The fact that he has the audacity to go on both feet and and whip the ball in is so crucial when you're taking on a fullback. That's such an important thing. Like Mm -hmm. lack of predictability, basically for a winger. And fair play to Josh as well. That's a deft finish. Mm -hmm. That's a really good little finish to get us that win in the end of the day. I I think that's actually a great point you make there about about the two-footedness because. 
you know, sometimes you'll just see, and even like with some of the top players, like you see, for example, Mohamed Salah yeah. is always looking to get on his left foot. Yeah. Ian Robin made Robin, a career out of it. Yeah, Robin through and, the years. You know, he was so good that you literally you knew exactly what he was going to do, but he you couldn't stop score. it. With Jordan Jones, it's like it's not even like a case of one in every five he goes down to his weaker side just to keep them guessing it's like this guy can pretty much do 50 50 it's 50 50 yeah he can is, just run is. at the defender and that defender has no idea what he's going to do yeah. and you know, i don't know i haven't overly analyzed whether his crosses are better with his right or with his left or whatever but you know that that's just such an important thing for a it winger is. and it's scared, that will scare the life out of somebody imagine you know Holland or Germany, whoever's going to be up against him, they're you know they're going to be petrified because they know just the you know the quality he has, and he's just going to make it yeah. so awkward for them if yeah. nothing else, and they're going to have a job on their hands dealing with him. I yeah, really I, do I think, think so. I do think so. Okay, any more on Estonia then? Are you happy enough? Happy to go on to yeah, talk about one, Belarus. Yeah. So uh, first thing to note is four changes. So the front three is completely changed. Yeah. Uh, he goes for Dallas, McGinnis, and Washington. Yeah. Sorry, Washington in the center, yeah. and McGinnis outright. Yep. The one other change he made was uh, Saville for Evans. And there was, oh, maybe start with that because the front three was sort of chatted about that a wee bit. And yeah. We will come on to touch about that, those changes. But Saville for Evans, I mean, we weren't overly happy. I mean, we were big fans of George Saville. And, you know, yeah. Corey Evans, sometimes you can you can look at him and you can think maybe, you know, what, what actually does he overly yeah. offer, especially in a game like this where Belarus were you're quite defensive yeah. and you need a midfielder to break the... Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt George Saville has much more quality than Corey Evans on the ball technically. But Corey Evans maybe offered us a bit more energy that we yeah. maybe needed, and especially with Saville having done uh, a good a, a, a shift against a Australia. shift yeah, yeah, in that yeah. weather, you know, maybe he just needed a wee bit more legs. That's what I was going to say. A bit more energy in there. I mean, we said Estonia; it's a, it's a hot place to go. It's really, really warm. Like, it probably was just a bit of fatigue, and and Mike was just thinking, let's put a bit more energy in there. Maybe better on the second ball, a bit more responsive. I think that's probably what it, what he's thought there, to be honest. With yeah, you. And, Ma- and Michael's talked in the past about Corey Evans, and what he's always said is it is his energy, it's his running, and. I mean, one thing you can never criticize with Corey Evans is the the work rate he gives you yeah. and the energy, and you know, especially against sort of bigger teams as well, he can make it awkward for those midfielders and get in their faces. Okay, can, yeah. maybe when maybe when he picks up the ball, he's not going to play that killer through ball, or he's yeah. not going to take a shot that's you know that's going to stun the opposition, but he can make it awkward for them. And I I, th- I thought he did quite quietly quite well tonight, Corey. What do you think? Yeah? I think he did, yeah, he gives you that energy. Like I said, he's nippy. He'll, he'll he kind of have a little pick at your toes and all that. He's he's good. He's good in that way. And I think you don't need him to be playing the ninety minutes. He came off today, like like we know. But I thought you know when you look on paper, sometimes you worry about Corey Evans. I've never really been one hundred percent sure on him as a yeah. player. But I thought he filled his role perfectly today, to be honest with you, after such a short recovery time from Estonia, you know. Well, absolutely. And the other thing to note is he, is he is playing every week for Blackburn in the championship. He is playing a decent standard there. So yeah. he is always going to be like a, not a key member of the squad, but certainly a, a useful member. He's always going to be in that squad. And there's always going to be somebody there who's playing regularly at second yeah. division. And that's not always something we, you know, we have. We've quite a few League One players there and young players playing in divisions below. So yeah. I think it's important just to have him in the squad Definitely. and use him when necessary. Definitely. Uh, front three then, what, what do you think of McGuinness on the wing? It's something that's been a bit hit and miss for Northern Ireland before. I mean, uh, he's had some good games there. I sort of think he offers something different there. You know, a fullback hasn't really come up against that type of winger before. I don't think he did brilliantly tonight. No. Um, and th- that for what we said, we, we liked McGuinness's impact off the bench. And I remember saying, would you start him in the next game? And we weren't entirely sure. I mean, you were probably slightly for yeah. it. I was probably slightly against it. But it just goes to show, I maybe mean, he is just an impact player for us. And yeah. he's just going to have to deal with that, is it? I think we both ultimately thought after Estonia that he would play in the Belarus game and we were right on that. I just think with McGuinness, it is one of those things. He, he, he will have games like this. He just, he kind of, he was in and out of the game. 
it was just a typical forwards game for someone who does he's not a very clinical forward these things happen and McGinnis on the wing I mean it can have its perks it really depends on the fullback he's up against and things like that but it just didn't really really work for him tonight you know it was one of those ones where he was in and out of the game like I said and you know it was right to bring him off I think and yeah. when, when I don't did. I just I don't think Josh McGinnis is it's going to sound harsh I don't think Josh McGuinness is good enough to regularly start in a Northern Ireland team that wants to be qualifying for major yeah. tournaments but I also think he's first sub off the bench if you need a goal Definitely. so I, that might sound harsh and I may seem like I'm criticising him there but I mean he has shown in the last couple of games that you know his his physicality and I don't want to just talk about his physicality because he's so much more than that as a footballer yeah. and that you know but he's come on and he has got us the goals in those games and just when he's started in the past I, I you can't remember a ton of McGuinness brilliant performances when he started and when the, the defenders are uh, have more energy and are yeah. able to deal with him but you imagine being knackered out by Connor Washington for 80 minutes and then have that, that big man on. coming on for 10 minutes and on. he's yeah. shown him because he's got he's he's our top scorer in this campaign yep. he might yep. he's probably up there with top scorers in the in the entire yep. Euro- European qualifying yep. campaign I know Germany boys are stat padding against Estonia yeah. and all that but for him you know he, he has certainly like goals to minute ratio yeah. he, he must be up there so uh, yeah um, let's move on we've, we've talked about Washington and his performance tonight the changes, I think it's, uh, while they weren't as important as they were against Estonia, mainly because we didn't concede, I still think they were good changes. So McGuinness for Dallas is something we said we would do, um, especially just given that it's something they can think about on the right-hand side, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, Corey for Saville, um, again, we've touched on that. I, um, for me, that was just a case of bringing on a bit more quality. Yeah. George Saville's more likely to find you that pass, to get that cross onto somebody's head, or yeah. even to... to to put a finish away I mean yeah. that it's, and I think it is important to have quality on the bench what did you think of him when he came on because he was composed you can just see he's a good player Yeah. well I said to you after the game I think that was the best substitution in the game out of the three as soon as he came on I think in the first minute he hit a low drive right at their keeper and the ball spilled out we got, had a couple of chances off that mm-hmm. in the second ball it just shows you Savile's quality he'll bring the ball forward like, like a Paddy McNair will as well and he'll have a go. Like we just, I, we both really wanted someone to just have a go and see where the ball ends up. Do you know what I mean? And George Savile came on, and that's what he did. The first time he picked up the ball, he drove forward a good few yards and had a strike at goal, and we nearly scored off it. So I think for George Savile, we've talked about how much we like him already on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We don't need to keep doing that, but I think he does bring a lot more quality than a Corey Evans, and you saw that. Not this in Corey Evans, but I just think George Savile was a really necessary mm-hmm. substitution at the time for Michael. Yeah. And we're now in a in a situation basically where off the bench we can either go for pace and dynamism yeah. and scare the opponents or we can bring on some quality in George Savile and yeah. I mean Michael's built I say built a squad I mean obviously you you have the pillow players you've got but Michael's developed a squad there where we have a good starting 11 a starting 11 that's able to compete and we're also able to make three influential changes mm-hmm. I mean I like where does that come from you look back to you look back to campaigns where and I, and I know I don't want to I don't want to sort of do the whole I'm so proud of where we've come yeah. from and all this from 2012 but I'm going to do it because I don't care because we've yeah. gone you look at that that first Michael O'Neill campaign we went to uh, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan who I think probably on balance those two are worse than Estonia and Belarus I think Estonia and Belarus have more quality That's than them say, yeah. and we get two points from that we mm. get two home draws yeah. we lost away both times and you look like the starting 11 in those games we were playing the likes of like Martin Patterson and stuff yeah. like that and and now we've got a good starting eleven, a good yep. players. Not necessarily players playing at the highest level. No. We've only got maybe what is it, four Premier League players or three because Ollie Norwood was out of the yeah. squad. But yeah. it's just amazing, you know. Northern Ireland, a tiny pool, tiny yep. population, a small group. Even you know players wanting to go play down south. Blah blah blah. How have we managed to build this squad where there's so there's so much like 
depth and quality. Yeah, there is depth. I think a lot of that is the youth and just this this decision from Michael to take a few risks on players like Billy Peacock Farrow, mm-hmm. like Jamal Lewis, and keep them in the team. You know, don't just bring them in for like a friendly and then just kind of fizzle them back out again. Keep them in the team, see what they can do, and they will give you energy. They'll give you performances. Enough of the old guard thing. You know, you can keep a few of them around the squad. We still have the likes of Lafferty. You know, we still have these experienced heads coming on. We still have Davis in the midfield, for example. Mm-hmm. Just let that sound go, but yeah, yeah I, th- I mean, for me, it's the youth thing. You know, having that pace in the side, all these things. It's such a stark contrast to, like you said, 2012. I mean, having the likes of Martin Patterson. It is mm-hmm. such a stark contrast to back then. And it is, it is, like I've said, I've used the word refreshing so many times, I feel like on this podcast, but no, it right. is genuinely so refreshing to see. And uh, w- one thing just to touch on, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but... That UEFA Nations League group where everyone was whinging about it and saying how it was Chris will haven't taken it too seriously and uh, why we're playing all these young players. I mean, we've got our just rewards from that. I mean, we had good performances out there and you look at the likes of Bailey Peacock-Farrell and Jamal Lewis, players who made mistakes in those games yeah. and maybe even cost us the game a couple of times or were certainly at the scene of the crime. Uh, look, they've learned so much from those and we've gone from four good performances in the Nations League or maybe three, I can't remember, three or four good performances and no points yeah. to two or three with three out of the four good performances yeah. here with 12 points and Michael's just used that competition it's not really we've got relegated from it I don't really care I mean we, no. you can go in the league C and, and finish top of it and be guaranteed yeah. a playoff there's there's positives to it but yeah. I mean I, I just think I just think it's brilliant that we use that campaign and we said it and it was you know it's easy to say in hindsight now that we've got the 12 points but mm-hmm. we were saying it during that Nations League campaign that he is building for the future. I, I said, stick with Peacock Farrell, stick yeah. with Lewis. I mean, it's just brilliant how he's, he's used that yeah. to maximum effect. Yeah, you may as well stick him instead of kind of falling into the old tricks again of, of bringing like the older, more experienced players back in. It, like, it's just, I think the Nations League campaign had obviously its negatives. We were watching that thinking, how have we got so unlucky here in, in some of these games? But it also brought its positives out. Keeping these players in the team, you're seeing what they're going to do now. They're going to reap the rewards of that, you know? Absolutely. Let's talk about the goal. We've yeah. done 35 minutes. We've managed to just pull ourselves back yeah, from it. I mean... I mean... <laughs> oh. So, well, let's, let's just describe it first, if I can quite remember it. I mean, it's Jordan Jones. It's, it's a throw-in yes. on the left-hand side yeah, of the pitch. Side. Sort of quite near the corner. Yeah. Uh, bit of interplay between Jones and McNair. Yeah. Uh, we originally thought it was a brilliant through ball yeah, from gets Jones. gets a bit of luck, doesn't gets it? Gets a bit of luck, but, you know, I think we deserved that. We that did, the chances yeah. we created. I mean, the touch from Paddy McNair, is it, does he nutmeg the defender? I think he does, doesn't he? I think he it's nutmegs him. Through the defender yep. and, you know, and gets around the other side quite yep. easily. And it's just, as we were saying, there were a couple of times in that in the second half, maybe with Davis, uh, Saville did hit the low shot. Yep. Davis maybe should have, we think. A couple of times where we maybe overplayed it slightly and you just yep. want to get like a low shot on goal test that yep. keeper because we hardly had any shots on target against him. Yeah. And Paddy McNair just did that. Low and hard, give yourself a chance and he's, he's, he's won us it. I think the funny thing is, if you look at all three of our goals in these two games, these two away games, they all came from the exact same position. That's true. Yeah. And so I was w- looking at Paddy in the, what was it, 86th minute or something, thinking to myself, oh, here we go. This is it. You know, he's about to take up the position to shoot. And I just think with Paddy is, he will just hit that ball. Like, he's got a great strike on him if he wants it. Mm-hmm. And so I was so relieved to see him take on that that defender and just smash it hard and low. That's all you have to do. And you can, you can really, you can score off that so often against these kind of sides, against these keepers who are not great keepers. Mm-hmm. Just hit it. And Paddy, he showed real composure to beat that defender and then strike the ball. And yeah. I'm so relieved that when that goal went yes. in. We, our celebration was great, obviously, as well, watching the game together. We're thinking, thank God that that's gone in, you know. And there's just there's just a thing with McNair. I mean, he just has come in at the right time and he's added quality to that midfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every player in our team, or certainly not in the past, would be able to just offer that bit of magic yeah. in that moment. I mean, he did it against uh, Belarus in the home game. Yeah. 
uh, where he was instrumental in setting up the, or he didn't get the assist for the McGuinness winner, but he, he set it up, he gave the ball to Dallas. He's done it again tonight. I mean, just sometimes in these games where it's really tight, you just need that moment of magic. That's such mm-hmm. a cliche, but Paddy McNair can offer that. Can George Saville can offer that. Davis can offer that. There's players on our team now, obviously Jordan Jones, there's players on our team now who can just give us mm-hmm. that moment of magic. And that's, and Paddy stepped up there and yeah. fair play to him. And, he, he he has to start you yeah. know he, he's 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 got his place in the midfield now i think it's davis um mcnair and maybe savile yeah. evans norwood maybe fighting yeah. for a place i think mcnair has to be in. Just, i just think he's the most quality out of our midfield at the minute what do you think i mean there's there's obviously davis who's yeah. getting on a wee bit but i i just think mcnair is a bright spark in our midfield now. i think on party the transition from like utility player you saw when he came through united the transition from utility player playing the likes of center half right back and midfield the transition from him becoming just a fully fledged midfield player has been like one of the best things that could have happened to our side in the past couple of years it has been so in, like influential in, our, in the way we've played and the results we've got so i'm so happy for patty getting his first goal not but also just his general play the way he's playing in these games in these first four games you could say I would probably say he's been a standout player with Jones and Lewis. Yeah. Those three have just been so instrumental. And I'm so happy for Paddy just getting a constant role on the side in midfield where he's clearly at his best. And he was just, again, fantastic tonight. I think Paddy really was. It, it sort of makes you wonder as well, what the what on earth is, is, has Pulis been doing not playing him all season? And even when he has played him, he's played him like in a, in a back three. And you know, fair enough, he has he has used him there. And I'm sure, I'm sure he's done well there. Yeah. But... I'm sort of just thinking, thank goodness Pulis has gone from Middlesbrough because maybe they can get an exciting manager in there yeah. who will have watched these games, who will see what Paddy's all about yeah. and give him a run of games in midfield because yeah. he's good enough to play in midfield in the championship easily for He's me. built for the modern 4-3-3. He's built for playing in that midfield three, I think. And hopefully, if he does get some time at Borough next season and the new manager comes in with a new philosophy, he'll get a lot of playing time because he deserves it. He's a really quality midfielder and he's shining for us at the minute. Spot on. Just before we wrap this up, uh, I'm going to uh, just want to talk about Michael Smith because we obviously... We were talking about the team selection and that's us giving our views before the game and yeah. we seem to be like a little bit negative about him. Maybe didn't it did him a bit of a disservice and is sort of he is a limited fullback, you yes. know, he's, he's an offensive fullback. But I thought tonight you, I thought you saw a really good performance from him. Yeah. I mean there was a back post header at one point yeah. which it was really good that he won. He also had a couple of decent shots which yeah. threatened a couple of times yeah. and you know, maybe he does offer a wee bit more attack than we've given yeah. him credit for. I thought he was good. He got forward tonight, actually. He was getting forward. He was taking up some good positions. I think the most important thing was those back post headers, just relieving pressure when a potential con- like a conceding of a goal there could have been disastrous for us. So his presence at the back post, the fact that he was getting a bit more further forward, he was happy to kind of take those shots on when the corners fell out to him. And yeah, I, I was really, I was I was pleased with Smith t- t- tonight. I really do think he played well. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question and you don't have to answer it because yeah. it's three months away. But would you start him against Germany? I actually would yeah, start so against Germany because of just that defensive quality we'll give you. I think it's not a huge gulf between Dallas and defensively, but I think it's just the little bit of a gulf you need Yes, against the likes of a Leroy Sané. Let's not forget this. This guy is an, um, just a crazy winger. So I think just someone to sit in a little bit and help the center halves, help the likes of Cathcart and Johnny Evans. Just someone to give that defensive side of the game. I think I probably would play him against him, yeah. and I think Michael actually will. I think he well. will, and I yeah. think I would as well. Yeah. Um. I just just quickly in that one, you know, I, I the the only thing that you would say is he's you played at Hearts all his career. He has never come up against like a world. He probably I, I, I'd have to go back and check, but I don't think he's probably come up against a world class winger before. Ever, so yeah. maybe that's just the only thing you would be cautious about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about that a bit more uh, on the next podcast, yeah. the preview podcast in September. Last thing I just want to say. Um, Jamal Lewis has been a victim of his own success. We just expect it from him now. I mean, he was just superb again tonight. I mean, yeah. you know, 
We've already mentioned everything I, we yeah, need to. But we can just keep waxing lyrical about this guy yeah. every time we do this podcast because I just can't wait to see this guy in the Premier League. We've talked about it last podcast already, but this guy is just one of the most exciting players I think I can remember in a Northern Ireland shirt in the last, what, in my lifetime. Yeah. Honestly, in my lifetime, I'm not even joking. I know he's, he's young, he's, he's still really getting into the side, but this guy is just, the, I love watching fullbacks. It's, it's a thing for me personally. Like, I'm, I'm a United fan. I can't wait for us to maybe perhaps sign Wambasaka, the players like yeah. this. I just love watching the modern fullback, and I think he is such an epitome of the modern fullback, Jamal Lewis. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to see this guy for Norwich. And not only does he is he so good going forward, it's just, even defensively, you know, when he, he picks up the ball in a bit of a tricky situation, like how many times did I say to you tonight, you know, he's, Jamal Lewis is just going to yeah. box us, and he just sort of takes a quick couple of touches around, and he plays himself out yeah, of danger. he does. It's, it's, it's just so impressive. He's so... Yeah. I mean, I just I could go on forever just yeah. about how good this guy's been in these games, and I, this is this guy could you know show himself as yeah. one of the best. This guy could end up the best fullback yeah. we've we've seen in uh, for no, no, in our lifetime. And I don't want to jump into too many conclusions no. about this, but I mean, it, it's and the other you know I just don't want to fall into the trap of he he's so good. His performances are consistently so good that we don't mention him because he was class again tonight. Yeah, you have to you have to mention it. I think those little decisions he's making in like the halfway line to take those little touches. He's got such a good reading of the game. It's improving at the minute. You saw the naivety in the Nations League, mm-hmm. but we persisted with him and you're starting to see this uh, a real maturity in him, in his game, both defensively and in terms of his passing, his, his crossing. He's, he's just making these really intelligent runs. Everything he's doing is pointing towards this guy becoming a really consistent, great fullback for us. Yeah, yeah no, uh, couldn't agree more on that. Um, last thing I want to say is, uh, well, obviously on, on Lewis as well, like, it's just that that's come at the perfect time with yeah. the Brunt, Brunt retirement as well. I mean, I was yes. a bit worried about that. I was thinking that's another player with quality, maybe, uh, you know, from left back. He's not the best left back in the world, but he's somebody who can whip a ball in somewhere where we can get goals, which, you know, is pretty much gold dust for us with yep. the current striker situation. But Jamal Lewis has come in and, and just filled that void so well. Oh, I'm just so happy. It's just it's it's, worth it's, mentioning again, isn't uh, it? Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, that I'm sure that was something that. Uh, Bronte and and Michael t- they talked about when they're having their conversation about his retirement and I'm sure Chris Brunt you know something in his mind was yes I want more family time yes I uh, I don't want to you know he, he had a, a few bad knee injuries as well injuries, yeah. so I'm sure that was the main part of his reasoning but I'm sure he also thought flip this guy coming through here he can quite easily re- well not replace me it's a different fullback but he can quite easily talent. step up and yeah and it won't be a massive loss so no, I think he's just been excellent. The next match is obviously against Germany. We've already talked about it, so um, I, I, let's just quickly talk about maybe. So they had the the two 0 win over Belarus and yes. the eight 0 wins over Estonia. Nothing surprising there. I mean, pretty much uh, what we said, and that Belarus are better than Estonia. They they're. I will probably watch that the Belarus Holland game just to see because you never Be know. They could watch. They they could struggle a bit there. Um, but obviously Germany, we know what they are. They've 11, 23 in the squad. Brilliant players. Yeah. Uh, they've got Leroy Sané coming back in, who's who's doing well for them. Obviously, he wasn't selected for the World Cup, mm-hmm. but you know, eight 0 and two 0 wins. I mean, that's just something we're gonna have to get used to. And yeah. I mean, but they can, you know, you can put eight goals past these teams as much as you want. You still yeah. only get three points. You we do. got a lucky last minute winner, a lucky two one win. Yeah. You still only get three points, and we're picking up the points. We are. I mean, coming to Windsor, I, I'm I'm so excited for that game now that we've got the twelve points. I can look forward to it and not dread it. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere there. If we can get anything in that game, it is going to be incredible for us in terms of this campaign. So I, I think you just have to look forward to it. I don't think any Northern Ireland fan will go into this Germany game now thinking, oh God, you know, playing Germany, yeah. this is going to be horrible. Free hit. Well, it's a total free hit for us, like you said earlier. And I think we can go into this game just 
Play, or, play the game we've been playing so far in the first four games. Obviously, we'll have to think a bit differently about the game and approach it in an entirely different way. But the likes of Michael Smith at fullback, all these little decisions will come. Will be really key, and we'll talk about that a lot more, obviously, in the in the build up to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, uh, even just as supporters, we can go to Windsor Park that night, enjoy a world class team playing in front of us, yeah. enjoy our lads giving them a brilliant game, and not be too disheartened about the yeah. result if they do give us a battering yeah. because it, it doesn't really matter yeah. because Holland are the team yeah. and I think we just you know I think we have to thank Michael for that because we do, yeah. when, you know when was the last time we could just go and enjoy a game carefree yeah free hit and still be in complete contention yeah um, so yeah thank you to Michael for that yeah and thanks I mean I, I September can't come soon enough I and know. I know we've got a couple of a couple of months off from club football as yeah. well um, but I can't wait for that international so break as exciting, well. Yeah. So uh, wrap it up there then. Any other business? Are you happy enough? No, that's grand. Perfect. Class. Sounds good. Two superb results. History made. And thank you to everyone for listening. Bye-bye.